Welcome to a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. Executive Producers Deb Barnett and Doug Nickber. You can find us at BACN Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and at www.bacnpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I'm Doug, with me is Deb, and we've been bringing you, what, um, oh, obtuse ways of me. asking if you have Red Bull for the better part of a year. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I need my fuel cell. What does the Sherpa need to climb Comedy Mountain? What was the one? It was something, I, I told you to bring me a bag of chips, and you said something about the troll bringing an offering. Some kind of, yeah, some was, kind of... Yeah, something about the troll. Laid, laid down at the altar of something or other. It was very D&D, of course. He's a priest. A no, Judas priest. A Judas, oh, Judas priest. Damien, was it, uh, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, Damien, Damien Wormwood Darkerman. <laughs> I still love that name. It's, it's, oh, God. Nerd poker. I love nerd poker. See, we're off to a rollicking, very focused start, as always. I was going to say, I don't know about you, but frankly, the weather and you and I actually both have a pretty tight breakneck schedule. It's just wearing me the fuck out. And by breakneck, I mean it kills you like um, Famke Jensen in Goldeneye. (laughs) I have a schedule that breaks my neck with its legs. It's hot, right? Deanna on the top. Every time I watch that one, I'm just like, I wonder if she does a lot of lunges. Of squats. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you and I both in general tend to push ourselves pretty hard. I know I pretty much almost always feel physically and intellectually drained, especially after we actually do the podcast. I'm normally pretty dumb at work on Saturday nights. Um, I'm. And, well, my nerd doesn't ever run dry, so... The nerd well doesn't run dry? Mm-mm. The force is strong with this Doug. It is. Um, yeah, yeah, and actually, uh, speaking of weird, uh, Star Wars and schedules, uh, all of that was covered on DAM. So, or will be covered on DAM. So... The Star Wars conversation you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. The I, life-changing, that'll be on, uh, that'll be two weeks out. Except I wasn't going to talk about all this. I would like to talk about the fact that apparently you're dumb. You, for <laughs> some reason, decided it would be hilarious to substitute the word work for twerk. Yeah. And I've been some... twerking on the railroad. And it... Everybody's twerking for the weekend. It was a fun game that uh, a co-worker and I decided to um, create... To pass the time on a, on a slow day last week. I, why didn't you do I Like the Way You Twerk It, Yo Diggity? Oh, that was good. That's a good one. Do you have, do you have her number? Maybe you should text her. Oh, uh, we've been trading them back and forth on Facebook. Like I said, well, you should remember that one. I Like the Way You Twerk It. Like the Way You Twerk It. Yo Diggity? Yeah, no, definitely. No Diggity. Oh, is it No Diggity? No Diggity. Sorry. With the, with the puppets, the marionettes? The marionettes. It's it's a puppet video. I don't think I ever saw the video. It's with with marionettes. Alrighty then. I think the cat's dead. Did you kill him with that chip? And the cat's not twerking anymore. Trogdor. Okay, you moved. We're good. <laughs> tiny mirror under its tiny nose. I had to put a mirror under his nose to see if he was still breathing. So what do you got? Did you ever do that when Sid was real little? Uh, no, because she was on oxygen, so we had like a monitoring system. That's right, she was. I was gonna say when she was little, little. We had computer mirrors, uh, hooked up to her cannulas. Well, it's just—I mean, anybody that spent a fair amount of time around a baby—that's that's little. It's a completely irrational thought. You you check in on them to see if they're breathing. But you're you're like, they've been quiet for a really long time now. Maybe it's dead. Yeah. I mean, it's totally fucked up, but that thought totally crosses your mind. SIDS. Well, I was going to say, they've they figured out quite a few factors that contribute to that, so. 
just going to say, I mean, obviously, back to sleep. Put them on their back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the parents smoke, that actually makes them, like, a ridiculously high percentage more likely. Like I said, they figured out a few factors. But still. I was going to say, I mean, it's humans are always pretty fragile, but especially when you're, you're new melon like that, babies are especially fragile, so... We've gone from twerking to dead babies. This is going to be a great episode. Or almost dead babies. Or possibly dead babies. Let's make him the Schrodinger cat of babies. What show is it that... God, he's, he's tr- it's Futurama when they're they're chasing Schrodinger, isn't it? That he's he's like smuggling drugs. He has a cat that, and a quantum uh, quantum isn't, uh, isn't that a quantum fu- molecule or something is in that a box. Futurama or no? Yeah, yeah, it's Futurama. Because he's like, what's in the box? It may. Is it a cat or a quantum certainty? Yeah. Uh, I think it was when they were one of the episodes where they were on the internet. I think. I'm not sure. I feel like there was a Tron joke in there too. It's Futurama. There are several Tron drugs. Tron jokes. It's hard to say. Tron jokes? Tron jokes. Tron jokes? Tron jokes. It's lost all meaning now. It's like socks. Socks? Socks. What's wrong with socks? Socks. 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 I want to let this go on because it's just going to get progressively more awkward. No, we had 30% more awkward pauses uh, last episode. Let's just keep on trucking. What do you mean? <laughs> the awkward pause. Well, I we, did that on we, purpose. We had, a, we had a lot of awkward pauses last episode. I've got to get some more rest. Our work is suffering. Socks. Ugh. So, Archer. We are, we are a few episodes into Archer Vice. Now. Coke. I'm sorry, Pam is just cracking me the fuck up in every Dude, Pam has come turn. into her own. It, she truly has come into her own on this season. Well, I mean, she, she kind of had in a few other ways in other seasons. Uh, with the Yakuza, which has a quote-unquote payoff on this season. Yeah. From last season. But yeah, freaking Pam. She's hilariously funny. She's the Cokie monster. The Cokie, oh god. And I love that they, they referenced it on the episode last week when they're like, we've been being, I was going to say, we've been doing this for one day and you're already completely and utterly addicted to coke. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, well. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. I think I just invented a new letter. What, what letter? Uh, double M. Well, how would you pronounce it? Mm. It's like M, but double the length. Mm. Um, actually, I wanted to uh, bring you back. That's some alien-looking shit. Yes, it is on the whiteboard. You know, that's great podcasting, since nobody can see your horrific double M that you've written for me. Actually, I'd like to jump topics to what you just wrote down on here. I was remembering, many years ago, you and I... Yeah, I know. Many years ago. Oh, I was going the, uh, the robot uh, robot chicken from the future past. Thousands of years ago. But, that uh, guy never wears a shirt. There was one <laughs> night, you and I had met up down at Paris Wine Bar. Okay. And, and gotten blitzed. Yeah. Big surprise there. Mm-hmm. And we caught a bus back to our, our respective places. And I was planning on going to hang out with you, but frankly, by the time we got to the stop nearest to my apartment, I'm like, I'm just, I'm tired. Going home, yeah. What actually happened is, since you've been pestering about it for months, I got off the bus and went and bought a used copy of a season of How I Met Your Mother. And I just fell in love with it. You were the reason I ended up liking How I Met Your Mother in the first place. Can't be when we were... T- uh, yes, no, we were at Paris Wine Bar. After. But we did not... Neither no. one of us worked no, at Paris. this was after we worked at Paris. Right. We were over at Paris Wine Bar. I think... Is that it? Yeah. We were either seeing Heather or Michael. I don't remember which. Say what? We were either visiting Heather or Michael. I don't remember. Okay, which. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was Michael because you and I were laughing over the dancing Shakira video. I actually showed it to someone recently, but yeah. I was gonna say no. It is all your fault. I love how I met your mother. Uh, you and talked. by proxy, it's actually not my fault, but Andy's fault. What's 
Oh, about 150 pounds. <laughs> um, Andy, oh fuck, I can't remember his last name. Jesus Christ. Um, he's actually a fan of our, our uh, sports show um, and will be in town um, at the end of this month. I told you you should be there. I'll see what I can do. Um, well, it's going to be at the Park Tavern, so... My schedule's very tight, Doug, and if I'm going to get all the shit I need to get done before the global event in Boulder in March, I've got a lot of work to do. Are we going to talk about that? No, or do you, you want to wait? Okay. Oh, it'll be get brought up. Just not... Now. I'm waffling, because it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time. So, okay. we'll see. But yeah, I was going to say, so, who else have you converted to the How I Met Your Mother team? I got a, actually, I got a co-worker into, um, I got one co-worker into community. <laughs> yeah. There's and then I got sorry. another co-worker into How I Met Your Mother. Which is really fun, because... It's going to drive me nuts. I can't think of fucking Andy's last name. Andy. All right, anyway. Ellison. Ellison. Andy Ellison. Um, Feel better? I do. Um, I just gave birth to a brain baby. So, um, oh, uh, speaking of which, real quick, I want to say, um, at time of recording, <laughs> damn, Doug makes an appearance. Uh, at time of recording, my physical copy of my book, speaking of brain babies, uh, should be at my house right about now. So it's not by the end of the day. Um, and that picture will be up on the internet. So Yes, but Deb needs it. Bring it to Deb. The book? Yeah, sure. Don't fuck it up. You're not going to get more copies? I only get the one free. I, I, I did not win the, uh, the top ten of the Accelerator Project. Didn't think I would. That, Moving on. That's such a slim shot. Oh, out of the 3,500, I mean... Wow. I was going to say, how many people? That, that, that's a lot. 3,500. Um, which in this, you know, if, if you look at, like, the America, um, a fraction, a fraction of um, the populace uh, managed to pull it off and write a novel. Um, I was not... I, I did not think I was going to get the top, uh, top ten, so that's fine. Um, but I did get a free copy, free hardcover copy, which I designed the desk cover for. Um, helped. You had some input, yes. Uh, actually, you and uh, James from Shooting the Gap had uh, input on that. Um, he's proven himself to actually be, I wouldn't say invaluable, but an interesting resource for design work. Well, he is an excellent resource for things like that. It's just he doesn't understand the process completely, so he really does think that there's internet elves that do stuff for you. Yeah, when he goes like, yeah, just do that to the cover and this to the cover, and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't that doesn't take me five minutes? That that takes me the better part of a day. But his suggestions aren't bad. Um, so uh, anyway, so Andy got me into How I Met Your Mother. I got uh, Bree, if you're listening, into How I Met Your Mother. Uh, she actually was gonna go up skiing with her boyfriend, and she's like, I feel tired, and watched the first half of the first season. Like, just slammed through six hours of it. Um, I get to have a lot Which of fun. Which is interesting, because, I mean, the pilot episode, it, it's cute, it's sweet, it's fun. It gives you the essence of a lot of the things that you want in the series, but the show doesn't really come into its own until, until quite a Until halfway later. through the... Well, as Andy put it, and he's right, it's very sitcom until about near the end of the first season. But, I mean... That's when it kind of catches its legs, and then second season it, it finally walks. But well, it's just one of those things where you, you kind of knew it was going to be pretty awesome when they accidentally stab her. That's not first season, though. It's not in the first season? Mm-mm. I thought that was in the first season. Mm-mm. Is that in the second season? Because that's uh, him and... Because um, that's... Uh, well, it's the... Marshall and Ted fighting over who's going to keep the apartment. Yeah, but it's when... But it's when, but it's when uh, uh, Marshall and Lily are going to move to... Um, oh, what is it? Sepatriopo or whatever? The down... No, oh, no, down that Tetripo. happens way before that. No, because that's seven. the apartment that they're going to move into where they're going to move out of that apartment. When they, uh, they, they move to... Uh, 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 down to say Tripa? You are mistaken. The argument involving the sword fight was who gets to keep the apartment when they get married. 
That doesn't make any sense because Lily and Marshall are moving out of the apartment. Or it was going to be, or do they stay in the apartment and Ted leaves? That was what the argument was over. Oh, so it's before the Dowsie Tripa episode. There you go. Like I said. And at the end of the episode, they're talking to Lily about it. And she's like, I want to stay in that episode after we get married. The place smells like dude. Which I think is funny since they, you know, live there with baby Marshall. I mean, baby uh, Marvin now. Did they get the, oh yeah, because Ted takes over that other apartment. Ted takes over a different apartment and their names were still on the lease. So he leaves them the apartment there when they realize that they don't want to live way the F out in the burbs. Right. Oh, that's right with the house in... uh that Marshall wants to live in. Um, which it appears that they end up moving there anyway, based well, on the Well, they moved there, and then they moved back. and then, uh, They haven't sold it or anything like that, but still. But it appears that they end up moving there based year on... Year-round... Oh, I was going to say, year-round haunted house. Gorilla sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny, because I get to uh, talk to Bree, and I go, does not Moby mean anything to you? Does Slap Bet mean anything to you? And there was one where she goes... Oh, I just watched, watched the one where uh, Barney's a hippie, and I'm like, well, that has a payoff in about eight seasons. Well, actually, they reference it a few times. They do, do, but the payoff on it is on this final season. Please. Please. Um, so it's, it's once again, uh, watching vicariously through someone else, where you had that with me and Community. Oh, I did. I'm like, have um, you gotten to this? Okay, and, talk to me when you get to yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Space Panini with... Is it Black Hitler? I'm going to go eat space paninis with Black Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Why? Uh, I was going to say, is that Buzz Aldrin over there making paninis in the corner? Yes, because if you tell people about this, no nope. one will ever we'll believe, believe you. you. Fucking John Goodman. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun getting a coworker into How I Met Your Mother. Well, it's just always fun when you can find something you love and share it with other people. Absolutely. And, you know, she was talking, I was talking to her about it, and I said, the whole show like has a mythology. Like it really has built a mythology where you can look at someone who is getting into it and go, "Does the yellow umbrella mean anything to you?" And they go, "No, should it?" And you'll go, "Yeah, it will." I mean, a whole mythology of, oh, well, that was when Ted was uh, dating. Uh, spoilers, I guess. Um, when Ted was dating Rachel Bilson, and then he sees the mom's ankle. I might have some things to work out. Once again, that payoff. What, how many, like, two, three seasons later? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a show that you and I have talked about where, like, you need to binge watch a season out of whack. You no. can, you can However, keep up with it. there is a mythos to it, which is interesting because I started thinking about that in relation to my life. And because I've stayed in the same place for so long, I ended up, I end up meeting the same people or people that have been around and know my same circle of friends all the time. What do you mean? It's like, oh, you know that Show person because of what? Show your twerk. I really want to kick you in the junk with yeah, my heel right now. You're playing Ingress, aren't you? I'm not playing Ingress. I'm just checking on Ingress. You're a liar. I'm checking on Ingress. <laughs> like I said, I want to put my heel in your junk right now for the show your twerk. Um, I have worked in roughly the same three-ish neighborhoods. For over ten years You've now. Worked in the three. Continue. Excuse me, I'm battering down my urge to sock you right in your stupid fucking face. It's a smug smile I've got right now, guys. It's smug, Doug. Go on, I was gonna say, go on the internet, you know, go on the website, look at Doug's smirking revenge, and that's the face he's fucking making at me right now, dick. Anyways, um, I find that I've, I've met people, or they've known me, or known of me, for years. I mean, like, they've been at all of my, they've been at all of my different restaurants. I've cooked for them for years and years and years. We have mutual friends. I mean, it's just one of those, when you stay in a place for a long time, the world is actually very small. Yes. It's like, you know, you and I have mutual acquaintances and friends that know us from other places and other friends. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, like I said, when you stay in one place for a long time, the world does end up getting very small. Absolutely. People are like, it's a big city. It's really not. No. There's a very finite number of people around you. I would imagine you fi- probably find that in, in much larger cities in Denver as well, that you run in the same circles. You know the same people. We, uh, we listen to comedians, and you hear about, you know, Conan O'Brien was 
roommates with so-and-so who went on to do this and that, and you're like, it's not that big of a fucking world, man. Like, Disney's right. It's a small world. After all... God, I hate to quote this. Uh, in 40 Days and 40 Nights... Not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. One of the characters... Can't make a girl come with a feather. Just so you know. It was a flower. Anyways. Whatever. She's lamenting the fact that she has a problem running in the same circles. Is that Rosario you know, Dawson? No, it's not. It's Eliza Sossaman or something like that. Okay. She named her son, like, Audio Science or something. You know, <laughs> stupid Scientology bullshit like that. Anyways. But um, she's, the character is lamenting the fact that she, you, you know, people that, you know, you seem to always know people that, you know, went to that school and had that kind of job and did that sort of thing. And she says she wants to have a party where there's a list at the door, and if you're on that list or you know somebody on that list, you're not allowed to come in. Okay. So, yeah. It's a stranger party. Pretty much. Unfortunately, you say stranger party, I keep imagining keys in a bowl. That's a different kind of stranger party. Mm. That's a stranger's just a friend you haven't fucked yet. Awkward. Whoa. Well, actually, going to the whiteboard, which apparently is not going to happen much this episode... 30% more awkward silences. Nope. Welcome to the jungle, bitch. I like that that's an actual name of a movie, but if you would just set it like as a segue to something, welcome to the jungle, bitch, I'd have been like, you're gonna die! You're uh, gonna die! Oh, I was getting my Axel Rose on the uh, last night. I was doing... I can't remember the exact circumstances, but the floor was just wet enough that I could totally do the do serpentine. Walk. I could do the snake dance so well. Serpentine. Yeah. Um, the only movie I watched this week, uh, unfortunately, talking about you know uh, having time a lot poverty. Of, yeah, t- time poverty. I like that. Um, I'm also temporally illiterate, so. Um, you have notoriously terrible timing. Fuck, that was going to be my fucking social contract. But uh, we'll do the one I thought of, and then we'll do that one next week. Um, so, um, oh, fuck it, throw number six on it. So, uh, I watched Welcome to the Jungle, which is Rob Hubel, uh, Adam Brody, Christian Shaw, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Of course I can chill, break your phone. It's totally fixable. This is a movie where they go on... The premise of it is they go on a corporate retreat. Um, oh, their fucking boss is someone awesome, and I can't remember who it is. Oh, Dennis Hay- uh, Haybert. Hayslip? Haybert. You know, the president from 24. Oh, okay. So, he's their boss. He sends them on, like, a... One of those corporate team building... No, like, no, exactly. Go to an island, and their uh, <laughs> survivalist guide is uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, who gets attacked by a tiger. Does he do the splits between two tigers? No, that would have been fucking rad, though. Um, and without their guide, it devolves into a very Lord of the Flies tribal... I um, hated that book so much, I have to tell you. Well, just waiting to see Rob Hubel carrying himself as like a god king, um, complete with Rufio hair. That's, oh, that sounds amazing! It is fucking awesome. Awesome. Like I said, that's um, amazing. It's really fucking funny. Um, it it it's marketed as a Jean Claude Van Damme vehicle, and it's really not. It's it's more of a straightforward comedy with with Hubel and Brody and um, Christian Shaw, but um, it's really fucking funny. I laughed my ass off the entire time. Like I didn't think it was going to be as. Um, raunchy and violent. Violent in what way? Like, they keep getting attacked or they're attacking each other? A bit of both hmm. on that one. Um, Interesting. So, I need the pen again. Oh. Speaking of violent... Some notes? Speaking of violent and funny. Um, I was going to say, so, thumbs up or thumbs down? Love it or shovel it? Uh, I, uh, love it. Uh, love it. Love it? Love it. Uh, no, I go with love it. Um, it's worth seeing. I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it. It's too bad there's a lot of movies that I feel like that about. Still haven't gotten a Blue Valentine. I don't think you should watch Blue Valentine until you're feeling a little less, um... Really? After her and, um... Oh, man, her. And, uh, what was the other one I watched? Um... The Fountain? 
No. Uh, recently. Don John. Yeah, her and Don John. It's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna take that one-two bipolar punch into my heart. Um, yeah, her was not a good one to watch if you're feeling lonely. Not alone, lonely. Um, I had interesting... Don John was all right. Interesting conversation about that recently. I think, honestly, I'm gonna have to really do some more work on a project I've been towing for a while, which is the difference between being lonely and being alone. And kind of almost the essence of loneliness. So, I don't know, like I said, I had an interesting conversation with a few of my acquaintances last night and kind of talked a little bit more about that, about how age has an effect on that. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I, I know you waver and tow that line back and forth. Great I tap dance that motherfucker on a daily basis. Weekly. Weekly. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, st- I'm stabilizing. Like I said, I'm thinking I might actually just, you know, recruit a friend of mine that does some shooting and editing and maybe just do like a little interview documentary style thing about people and their feelings on loneliness and being alone. That's great. We'll launch the YouTube channel with it. Yeah, that'll be really uplifting. Well, then, my imaginary brother, Dave. Dave? Dave. Dave Thinkberg? I don't think I have any cousins or no, yeah, no, Dave Thinkberg works. Oh, I thought you were going to make him an alternate last name for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's your mother's maiden name? Wouldn't work with Dave. Okay. And I don't want to say it because uh, then, no, you that's, get, that's fine. then you get half of my credit information. Aww. Yeah. Is it Perez? Is it? My mother is Perez Hilton. I met Rosie Perez. Fuck! Some mistakes I made today were confusing Perez Hilton and Rosie Perez. She speak good and stuff. I don't want to fuck. I want to screw. Oh my god, I just almost spit Red Bull on you. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> so, to keep things on a downer note, since apparently we can't be happy and laughter-filled and spitting Red Bull on each other. Wait, that sounded sexy. No, it didn't. <laughs> Um, we, we lost somebody this week. Philip Seymour Hoffman passed we away. We did. Um, it is going to be a weekend of memoriam shows. Um, like I said, under very tra- tragic circumstances. I I knew that Philip Seymour Hoffman suffered from... I shouldn't say suffered, struggled. He struggled with addiction for um, a very long time. For a long time. Like, I think um, over 20 years. I, looking at him... On a judgment call, I would have said alcohol pills. Um, I had no idea it was heroin. Because um, he's pudgy. Was pudgy. Probably still he's is pudgy. He's also just kind of built big, though. I mean, yeah. big shoulders. Yeah. Big jaw. Barrel. I mean, yeah. barrel. I wouldn't say barrel chested, but solidly torso-y. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And, uh, I didn't have the time, I posted it online, but I, I didn't have the time to uh, do a, a in memoriam, um, retrospective, which would have been, uh, The Master and Twister. You know, it's actually generally agreed upon that most of his band's favorite role for him was in Twister. And he was great in that. There's a lot of movies, though, that he was, he was better than the movie. Uh, Schenectady would have oh. been, one of my, would have been one of my top five of his. Well, like I said, I mean, just like him being better than the movie that he's in. Like, I mean, what the hell is he doing in Along Came Polly? But he was hilarious. He was in... Was he in There Will Be Blood? Wasn't he like a... a... No, um, uh, Lebowski. Wasn't he um, the Rich Lebowski's, like, lackey? I want to say yes on that one. The lawyer? Uh Uh-huh. I believe he was. I'm gonna have to IMDB this. Internet, correct us. That's an. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, okay. Well, we don't have to do it now, but now I'm curious. Uh, I believe him to be yeah, the lawyer, the executor of uh, the the rich Lebowski. I feel like you're right. Like I said, I feel like you're right. But I mean, like I said, I mean, he's. He's been in a ton of stuff. It's all great. Well, and it's just he's leaving behind three young children. Who were uh, no. Uh, they were supposed to like spend the time with him, and they found him or something, right? No, no, no. He didn't pick them up. 
luckily they did not have to find it. Yeah. But like I said, and it's just one of those things where they're like, well, this happened, and yeah. Like I said, he's leaving behind three young kids, which is just terrible. Like I said, he's been battling with addiction for a really long but he'd been, time. They said that he'd been clean for like 10 or 15 years or something, and then I guess the Hunger Games really got to him. Really? You think it was the Hunger Games? Well, it's not like he was going to play the Joker in the next Batman, for fuck's sake. Going to hell for that. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been a really good penguin, though. Great. Now I, I really, really want to make, like, penguin noises. No, yeah, well, I mean, he would have been, he would have been Nolan's penguin, hands down. That would have done amazingly. Had they played him like a crime boss? Had they played him like they did in Arkham City? Fucking amazing. I'm sorry, is that pensive penguin noises? No. no. Oh. I didn't realize he made an appearance on Strangers with Candy. That doesn't surprise me at all. Can't picture it, but I mean, it doesn't make it, yeah. I have to say, you know the movie Happiness, right? Mm-mm. You know what? Don't watch it right now. I I do or do not? Don't. I'm, yeah, okay. Let's wait till you're in a different place. Okay. I like you. You're like, meh, whatever. You wouldn't want to watch a movie called Happiness anyway. <laughs> it, mm, it's a really good movie, but like I said, I think maybe you should be in a different mental place. Yeah, I've been getting a lot lately. Yes, he was in The Big Lebowski. Did he play, what was the character's name? Brant. Yep. That was the lawyer. Hmm. Not quoting him, but where's the money, Lebowski? My God, I love the nihilists and that so much. So Flea was one of them? Yeah. And hey, you didn't see his cock on the Super Bowl, so that's good, I guess. You also didn't see him play. Technically, no. Technically, no. But, uh, to be perfectly honest, I would have wanted to hear him any. I would not have wanted to hear him anyway. <laughs> I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan. Never seen Chili Peppers. Don't care. Never seen them. Wouldn't, I don't, not my thing. Hmm. Mm-mm. Or, like, maybe two of their songs? See, now I'm singing Chili Pepper songs in my head. This is a terrible idea. Why is this happening, Doug? You're my aeroplane? Is that a thing? I want to hit you with my whiteboard. So hard right now. Just so while you twerk? Now I want to do it even harder. Death lock. Death lock. Death lock, death lock. This is the huge reveal on... Murder face, um, murder face, murder face, murder face. Different. Yes, it was completely different, but I couldn't help myself. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they've just revealed... Uh, huge spoilers coming up on this in Arrow, by the way. Um, they've revealed that uh, Mike Peterson survived the explosion from the uh, mid-season hiatus. Mm-hmm. He's missing a leg, and he's got the like weird con- uh, contact eye implant thing where they can control him. Uh, they give him a mechanical leg, or a bionic leg. Sweep the leg, Doug. Sweep the leg. Put him in a body bag. And, uh, they, the last shot you see is they kind of, like, zoom in to a part on his leg from Cybertech, and it says, like, Death Clock, uh, I'm sorry, Death Lock. I'm sorry, that's my fault. Death Lock model, so forth, so on. Death Lock is a military cyborg who he the human brain it always seems to be like oh I'm in a, a killer cyborg body I better fight against my own programming and become a hero so it's very interesting how they're pulling off the character Deathlock who I remember I remember reading the um, Michael Collins uh, the character's name uh, Michael Collins reboot in the 90s um, so this is a character that I am very well acquainted with. Uh, not the Luthor Manning era stuff, the, the 70s stuff. Um, but, but the he, 90s reboot. 
with the 90s reboot, but the 70s thing, he ends up coming back, and they end up, like, the bad guys get him, and they send him on, like, a suicide bomber kamikaze mission to the Avengers Mansion. Oh. And he fucking blows up. Like, it's fucking, like, it, it's some shit. Um, so I'm very excited to see, like, what's gonna happen with Deathlock now that they've kind of got another supervillain-esque. They've got Deathlock, the world like the super vi- vi- uh, villain. They've got um, Graviton. Yeah, which I was going to say Graviton. And the first speaking one they of teased. reluctant heroes and Marvel, real quick, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the casting they've been releasing. Not even a little bit. For the Avengers, Paul Bettany, voice of Jarvis, has been cast as the Vision. The Synthesoid that is created by Ultron to infiltrate the Avengers and be- ends up becoming a hero. Ends up, by the way, marrying and sort of weirdly not, but not really kind of having kids with Scarlet Witch. There's a romantic thing there. Interesting. Yeah. She fucks a toaster. Um, Why do they have kids? It's a whole, her probability powers plus Mephisto, Lord of Hell, Splintered. It's a fucking, it's an ugly, convoluted mess. Um, But yeah, they do end up having kids which she then decreates but then they end up becoming part of the new Avengers I'm sorry young Avengers uh, in a really great way uh, I, I literally could spend the rest of this episode explaining to the continuity but I won't um, but Paul Bettany as the Vision once again brings up started hearing stuff talking about comic books so I'll kill you in my head yeah. <laughs> uh, brings up some very interesting questions in terms of our kind of Vegas odds theory that Ultron is a corrupt Jarvis. Yeah. Um, Which, like I said, you had been pushing for so the I shouldn't say I'm push. wondering if the Vision is a contingency plan. If the Vision is Jarvis's contingency plan, if Jarvis goes bad and becomes, and something happens and becomes Ultron. So Vision is the anti-Ultron. I'm thinking there's like a subroutine, like, like an AI subroutine that Jarvis has thought going... Like okay, if I'm corrupted, it's, it's then the this happens. Plan. Yeah. It's it's the plan B. It's the, it's the Batman of Zorana, basically. What? The Batman of Zorana is... Basically, Batman gets broken down psychologically, and Bruce Wayne put a post-hypnotic suggestion in his head that if he's ever compromised, like, psychologically, he has a backup, like, personality loaded in his brain that is, at no point, Bruce Wayne. It's fucking pure Batman. It's fucking awesome. Thanks, Grant Morrison, because that's not weird enough. It has to be Grant Morrison. Like I said, oddly enough, they actually did something similar on, and swear to God, if you laugh on this, I will hurt you, Sailor Moon. Where the lead male character ends up having some kind of mental problems and amnesia, and he has a sub subconscious... A like manifestation. A, like a psychological subroutine. Yeah, which is to become Tuxedo Mask is the lead character. And yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say the subroutine, the the second character that he slips into when he has his breakdown is uh, Moonlight Night, I believe. What is this? Moonlight Night. <laughs> I don't know what the translation is. But yeah, it's that's it's not a particularly. Use a class, Doug. I'm an animal. I was going to say, it's not a particularly uh, graceful, but I mean, the concept isn't new that... I think people find it comforting to believe that even if a bunch of effed up shit happened to them, they're still your core. The core you is still intact. Which was interesting. It's like the between, below you and the ground floor and the subfloor and the dirt and underneath the dirt in the molten lava core, there's still you. My core is nougat. Now I want a Snickers. Hanging around for a while? Sorry, man. Hanging around for a while? Isn't that the Snickers thing? I have no idea. Okay. What's next? On our board, would you like to talk about Arrow? I don't have a lot to say about Arrow this episode. Um, it was a Deathstroke light episode. Um, Which I know made you sad. I, I do like Deathstroke. Um, but um, despite the uh, overtly bisexual tones... Overt, uh, overtly. I, that's what I said. Overtly. 
Oh, you want me to emphasize the overtly? No, I'm just saying. The oh my I don't overtly. think they were overt at all. Really? You think it was subtle? No. I will tell you two things. It wasn't subtle. One I saw coming, one I didn't. Okay. What I saw coming, uh, Canary and Arrow hooking up. That's always going to happen. It's Canero and Ari. Canero and Ari. That's what I'm going to call him. Canary. Canero. Fuck. I'm fucking up my own joke. Canero and Ari. I kind of like it. Um, It's Black Canary and Green Arrow. They're always going to be one of the premier couples of the DCU. Um, whether it be uh, cinematic, uh, well, I mean, I mean, television, they're, they're like magnets. Either yeah. they're like this, or you turn. I mean, sorry, this and they're they're close together and they're stuck together. The attractor they repel, I think, is yeah. Like the I hand signals you're doing. Yes, it was. I'm sorry about that, but I'm saying it's it, there's there's no in between. Either they're completely attracted to each other, or you flip it over and they can't stand. Fighting or fucking. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, what I didn't see is you have the very beginning with the uh, martial arts master woman. Um, I really, I would have lost this bet, but I would have been psyched to see it. Um, I honestly thought Lady Shiva. Um, I, it was one of those, I literally mumbled to myself. I watched Arrow at work uh, before I came on, and I literally mumbled to myself, can't have Canary without Shiva. Like, it's very birds of prey. It's, um, so I was really looking forward to like you know the master martial arts assassin Lady Shiva to to, to take down Canary, um, and have that kind of birds of prey nod. Um, to have it be Nisa Al Ghul was really interesting. Um, once again, it begs the question: How close is Arrow? Uh, to the what is going to become the DC Cinematic Universe. Um, Nisa is the younger daughter of Talia Al Ghul. Yeah. Daughter, uh, daughters of the devil, um, of the devil's head. And um, to have her kind of come in, I was like, whoa, okay, digging a little deep with Nisa, but all right. Um, it holds up. Uh, nerd cred holds up. Um, And to have her say, like, you know, we release you from the League of Assassins, that's foreshadowing, man. They talk about how the only other person that got released was, what, uh, uh, Malcolm Merlin. And look how that turned out. Um, Was he released? Yeah. They say that he was released. And it's the one, it's the one, it's the one regret. Well, and Merlin hasn't popped up. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe she says something very specific about acting without honor. I, that I don't know. Anyways, go ahead, sorry. Um, but she does say that, like, over the... They don't say specifically how many years uh, with Rachel Ghoul, but uh, the years that he's been around, um, it's the one regret he has uh, is letting Malcolm Merlin be released. Which, if you want to tie that into the DC uh, Cinematic Universe, you'd think his first uh, regret would be, I don't know... Fucking training Batman to drop him off a goddamn train. Regret number one. Train the guy who's going to drop a half a city on me. Might be a little higher than letting go of of, uh, Barman. So. I regret letting go of John Barman. I'm sorry, who? John Barman. I'm sorry, who? Gotta say it right. Baraman. Baraman. Squeeze the invisible orange. By the way, we decided blood oranges are the most metal orange. Of course they are, honey. Blood orange. I think that's a good time to say. Gway. So, in keeping with comics, we have a confirmation. We do. They have confirmed, and this might, um, if you haven't read the news, uh, might help ease your conscience a bit. Um, you're like, no. Um, they have released that they have the green light to do the um, preacher pilot. Of course, casting is all over the goddamn place. Everyone's calling it out. I don't think we're right. I think it's going to be a shit ton of no names, as I it should be. I am more than fine with them casting as a it should be. load of no names. As it like should I said, be. Like I said, cast a whole cast of unknowns. I am great with that. Fuck yes. 
Fuck yes, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I am more concerned about the writing than the casting. Now, you do have... I know you had your issues with uh, that it's going to be uh, Seth Rogen and Evan uh, Goldberg um, show running. They actually will not be show running. Thank God. They will be executive producing. Mm. The showrunner actually used to work on Breaking Bad. That gives me hope. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, I just wonder how familiar she is with the canon on this. She's, you're not going to have anyone involved in a preacher that hasn't read it. I'm just saying, like I said, I mean, this this holds a very sacred place in a lot of people's minds. I like to think they're going to be running around the sets like Zack Snyder on Watchmen with like a dog-eared... Well, he had a dog-eared copy of Watchmen. You can't really do that with Preacher, but... You and I have had this conversation about Watchmen before, though. I go back and forth on it. You know, and I've said this. Every year I change my opinion on it. Like I said, I enjoy Watchmen. I liked it a great deal when I watched it. I hate the director's cut. It's so long. Well, it's got the Black Freighter and the Under the Hood stuff, and you're just like... Uh, it's not like you're reading it. This is fucking long. But it's also just one of those, like, there's not any type of rewatchability to it. And I will reread Watchmen twice a year. Do you do the, the issue at night thing? No. Or the issue at day? No. I should. It's really great. But I, anyways, that, that, that's not important. Like I said, I'm just... And Preacher's I'm one of those, I'll go back in, every I'm year and... I'm still not incredibly hopeful about this. I think with someone who can bring the gravity from Breaking Bad with... Breaking Bad actually did have a lot of humor to balance out a lot of the, the violence And once and again, you know Seth Rogen and, and Evan Goldberg have to have, no pun intended, know the reverence that comes from Preacher. It is a sacred cow to pretty much everyone in the know in terms of pop culture and comic books. Um... I mean, they. I, I believe the early casting for the HBO series had, um, and no one said anything because they didn't want to seem racist. But uh, there was a lot of talk about having uh, Samuel L. Jackson uh, be the um, Saint of the Killers, and I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like it because it's like, ah, eh, he's white and he's black. I'm saying I don't, I don't like it because visually. The Saint of All Killers is kind of the thematic opposite of the John Wayne ghost. And you kind of need that grizzled western, kind of Sam Elliott-esque. Um, you know, like, like I said, when, he dropped the, when they dropped the nuclear bomb on, on Monument Valley, and he goes, not enough gun and spits. Samuel Jackson could not pull that off. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, I'm just saying. Well, that's just not the way he played the role. No. No. I don't want the octopus as the fucking Saint of All Killers. No egg on your face, Doug. Everyone thinks toilets are funny, or whatever the fuck that horrible... Toilets are always funny. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Not in that movie. Toilets are always funny. That movie killed What's-His-Name's fucking career. Hmm. Gabriel mocked the spirit. Oh, the lead? No, no, he works on suits. He's fine. Oh, okay. Oh, thank God. No, he's fine. That's one of those movies that I, I, I almost, like, enjoy watching with the sound off, and then I kind of make up my own story for what's happening. Because it's Sin City Light. It's it's the well, Diet it's Coke like, of Sin City. You know what they say. You can either get story or visual. With Frank Miller, you either get story or art, you never get both. Sorry, Frank. Mm. Loved in RoboCop 2. By the way, I'm really looking forward to, I think, next episode, I will have seen RoboCop. The new RoboCop in theaters. You know, I was very skeptical of it, but every preview and commercial I'm seeing makes me really want to see it. They have the line, it's in the trailer. It doesn't say bitches leave, does it? It doesn't. I know he doesn't say bitches leave. But it does have the line, dead or alive, you're coming with me. And I'm like, fuck it, cool. As long as. That's like. That's like waiting when I watched the first Fantastic Four for the it's clobbering time. Like. It was one of those, like, I'm waiting for you're it. waiting for the iconic line. God damn right. And the fact that they had it in the trailer, dead or alive, you're coming with me. I'm in. I'm in. I don't care what they fucking change. Well, meh, meh. We'll, 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 we'll find out when I see it. Oh, I do like... How much I actually I do say, care. I find it interesting that Dread and how well they did 
dread gave me more hope. Dread three D, yeah. Like I said, how like I said, give me more hope for for RoboCop. I'm like, well, they did really well on this. Maybe the new RoboCop. Take a page out of Dread's book. I mean, honestly, honestly, Hollywood, take a page out of Dread's book, because he only says his iconic line once, and it is, it fucking shuts you down. Where he just li- he's just right there on the speaker on the intercom going. You think you're the law? I am the law. Which and then is like funny walks because off. I immediately, of course, think of Stallone. Trying I am the boor. Stallone trying to deliver that line and mangling it. And then Rob Schneider chiding him back with it, Mister I am the law. Shut up, manimal, or whatever the fuck that movie was. Where he was like part animal. Remember yes, that? It's just called the animal. Sweet Jesus, I think I actually made it cooler by calling it the Manimal. <laughs> no straw, too. Uh, last night, literally last night, I finished Joe Hill's Nosferatu. Um, I will admit that you keep upselling this book to me, and the fact that he uses a four in the name instead of spelling out the word makes me less inclined to read it. When when one. when the when the antagonist uh, Charlie Manx um, explains explains the uh, the reasoning behind the um, license plate, you'll kind of forgive it. Um, I I'm a huge. It's written by Joe Hill, who I'm a huge fan of. Well, you said this made you want to uh... go back and reget the rest of his books, yeah. which Heart Shaped Box I cannot recommend enough. Yeah, Audience, you've, you've, Dev. You've, you've, I was you, gonna say you tried to sell that to me when you first read it. Abs, abs, oh, heart shaped box is amazing. Horns, meh. It, it was good. Um, it was kind of a a a, a peacant. Uh, it was uneven. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. Uh, it, it's kind of like um, if you look at the trajectory of Joe Hill. In my opinion, um, his first collection, Twenty First Century Ghosts, really good, and then he kind of bumped it up with. Um, heart-shaped box. Mm-hmm. There was no way he was gonna be able to follow that. It was it was sophomore jinx, is what horns is. Excuse me, horns is sophomore jinx. Nosferatu is him kind of coming back up to the the the, the bar that he okay. set with heart-shaped box. Um, Nosferatu, really creepy, really good. It was one of those where um, I I had to willfully put it down on the last, I think, 100 pages. Because I was like, it's it's late, and he actually went oh. to get some sleep. I have to wake up early. Exactly. Sorry. Um, no, you illustrated my point. Um, and I, I, I literally had to force myself to kind of um, portion or ration the last 100 pages, or I would have been up for the rest of that night and would not have been able to sleep because... Charlie Manx is fucking terrifying. Um, it he Joe Hill is very much more a, a cerebral uh, uh, a writer uh, as opposed to the visceral writer uh, his father Stephen King. Um, Joe Hill's uh, really gets into your head. You have, I, I I found that with Heart Shaped Box and and uh, and Nosferatu. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, it's it's so inventive. It's. It's if Stephen King was into like superheroes, like he he has this weird like comic vibe, and he writes a comic called Lock and Key, which once again I cannot recommend enough. I read the uh, I read it when it was coming out uh, in singles, and then caught up on the first three trades. Um, phenomenal. Yeah. I mean the guy is just. I was called by an editor. I was called a uh, foremost. Um, uh, idea factory or idea machine and I honestly put Joe Hill above me in terms of conceptualizing um, and, and well putting out concepts that are just mind-blowingly great well Doug you do have an, um, an idea dump I do I just actually added said it. you and I will actually every once in a while just go through and you have this random crap and we'll talk about it look up Moby Dick Jaws and Twilight that's literally a note in my... Yeah, so is, so is Kick Three Puppies and Light a Fire. Uh, kick Three Puppies, Drop Into Light Coma is the uh, last thing on my to-do list to do. 
Which is funny because whenever you say drop in a light coma, I always think of when the cat dropped into a light heroin coma. From that thing I wrote? Yeah. Oh, from, uh, from it wasn't a heroin coma, but yeah, from um, the Mad Jack Stark. Um, yeah, the cat. The horrible, that, that horrible cat. cat. Well, the, what is it? The cat got into the bike and then again. Mad Jack regretted, regretted sewing thumbs to it. Something along Yeah, lines. that poor cat. It's the only time a cat's ever survived any of my writing. That cat's the only cat that ever lives. Well, now you're coming a little bit more nice to cats as you get... Not in my writing. I'm just saying, you put up with mine now. Yeah, my allergies started to... I did stop you hissing at them. For now. You can keep them complex. Alright, moving on. Whip it out, Doug. The internet told me I'm wrong. Whoa. Well? To the notes. To the notes. Um, Red was illustrated by Cully Hamner. Um, it was Carrie Kinney Silver... Michael Jan from the um, state reunion on At Midnight. And it was Jonathan Banks plays Hickey and um, Ermintrout um, from Breaking Bad. Okay. Um, So really, that's that's it. I mean, it was just a series of I got a couple names wrong. Michael Jan has a giant beard, looks homeless. Let me know when I look like that because shit needs to change up. No, no, I'll let you know when you start looking homeless here. In Mistakes I Made This Week. Fuck you, Winter. I know that pretty much everyone everywhere has been dealing with this cold streak. It was so cold for a couple of days. Yes, it was so cold, I actually woke up with ice in my bathtub. If I could have taken a better picture of it, I would have done that and then added the caption, Meanwhile in Russia. It was so cold that even though I was wearing enough clothing to make me look 40 pounds heavier and had hot packs in my gloves... My fingers still started going numb. Fuck it you, went from what, negative 8 to 43. Oh, God. Yesterday... Go home, Colorado weather, you're drunk. Like I said, yesterday when I was 25, it was down like spring light to me. Yeah. It was lovely. I'm, I'm digging the weather outside. I love it. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so Doug, you're notoriously bad timing. Yeah, you might have a... a I will tell you an anecdote that I think will just encapsulate my bad timing. I am known for my bad timing. Um, It is legendary and has been so since I was probably 16, 17. It's fairly hilariously bad. Sometimes it's only so far as me going, like walking into a room going, Who died? And they go, Oh, actually, somebody. They go, Oh, Jesus, fuck, really? Like, Like, you have this extrasensory perception of the, I can make something awkward. I'm gonna go over here now. Uh, my my friend Rob and I had a theory that I have a I have a distortion field, um, that ruins things around me, whether it be psychically or physically. Um, like you just you have this sixth sense for oh it's this is the normal time when, when I uh, call Deborah. Let's call Deborah now. Oh wait, Deborah's extremely busy ingressing or sleeping or spending time with her gentleman. Yeah, that's what you meant by busy. Hmm. She meant busy in the marky, mark good vibrations kind of way. Um, it's Miles' birthday. Happy birthday, Miles. <laughs> oh, God, I almost spit Red Bull again. Oh, uh, I was trying so hard not to spit it and not I will tell you, in, a, in a high school, I Whew. I went over to my friend Jim's house. And he now, he, by the way, in hindsight, uh, he thanks me for this. But uh, he, I came over to my friend Jim's house. Uh, this was in high school, so I saw his mom, and I said, "Is Jim home?" Yeah, he's upstairs watching a movie with a girl. Go on up. And I went, "Oh, great!" And I go upstairs, and uh, they they were uh, he was uh, rounding. I would say he was he had a he was going for a double play, possibly rounding third. Uh, to put in baseball terms. You could have just said hands were places, but okay. Yeah, hands were very warm places. And, um... Was the door they, open, or oh, did you open the door? I, I just kind of burst in, and, um... <laughs> did you they, burst in with your, your, your uh, 
catchphrase. Hey, hey, hey. No. Should have. Uh, instead, I walked in and went, Hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, I love this movie. And sat down and decided to watch it. What movie was it? I don't remember. Um, I looked at that's my question. And then they uh, quickly scrambled to put her shirt back on, and I didn't even notice. Literally, it was like, oh, hey, there's a movie. I like this I movie. Like, I'm going to watch it. You must have embarrassed the crap out of this poor Oh, yes. Girl. Now, in hindsight, Jim has come to me since and gone, thank God you did that. She's a fucking crazy bitch, and thank you. Um, but still, I, I, that poor girl, she was probably mortified. Um, ah, fuck her. Um, she got drunk and uh, showed me her nipple piercings repeatedly at uh, the last party I saw her in, uh, at. Is this the one where you play poker? Hmm? Is this the one you were playing poker? No, that was the end of the 4th of Jaluel. Um, this was Sean Nelson's Fuck the Deposit Party! Um, How long ago was this? Oh, I must have been... Oh, a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this must have been very early 30s. I was going to say, because you and I are quite past the Fuck the Deposit stage. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Most of our friends are, yeah. too. Um, but she was drunk, and she was like, Oh, no, my nipple's pierced! I was like, let me see. And she did. And then uh, a little while later, she came back around and she goes, I got my nipples pierced! And I went, let me see. And I must have looked at her boobs like six times. It was awesome. But my point is, uh, legendarily bad timing. Um, in fact, when I have good timing, it's still bad timing. Uh... But I will save the uh, Wendy's grandpa breakup story uh, for I'm next I'm sorry, week. you can't say those three adjectives and not give me a little bit more context. Uh, someone broke up, someone died, and I really want a Wendy's. Oh, never mind, I remember this story. I'll save it for next week and we'll open the, the next episode with it. So, oh, um, is that still... I'll give it to you in a minute. I got you a Prezi. Okay. Sorry, the Wendy's thing reminded me of that. Oh, we have one last thing. That on dead our squirrel team. hat? Yeah. I almost bought a dead squirrel hat. It's shockingly warm, but yeah. I was like, so cheap! Meanwhile, in Russia. They sit down to pee like James. Ugh. Who thought it was a good idea to have Olympics in Russia? Anyways, social contract. Who thought it was a good idea to fish in a toilet so much that they had to ban it? Social contract, asshole. Plan rape. This is, oh, I'm sorry, did you want to? No, no, no. I was like, I will admit there have been lots of times where I've essentially forced my plans on people. Uh-huh. Shut up, Doug. Yeah, no, no, there's really no excuse. I don't have a good excuse. Well, you it's a threat of fun, but yes. Um, the threats of fun were because we were not because we weren't breaking plans. But um, yes, this is a concept that you and I came up with years ago. We've never talked about it, and then it recently happened. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics, but it's uh, a phrase, uh, a, a concept we came up with called plan raping, where you basically rape someone with plans. You basically decide what's going to happen. You go. We're hanging out tomorrow with disregard to any plans mm -hmm. they may have. Or anything they may need to do. You hold them down and make them do whatever you want them to do. You fuck them with your so plan That sounded so rapey, Doug. Well, it's plan rape. But, um, I was gonna say no. Not planned just... rape. Plan rape. I just want to be clear on that. Our overlying arc on all of these is, in general, being more aware and more kind to everyone Considerate. around Considerate. Yes, Respect. Like I said, and I realize there's lots of points in our lives where sometimes you only really need to think and worry about yourself. But sometimes you really need to think and worry about other people, too. So you're an advocate of some plan rape? No, no, no. When somebody else gets involved with your plans, you, of course, need to think about their feelings and wants and, I was going to say, and expectations. You don't necessarily have to respect them, but you have to think about them. Now, We do not believe him, nor do we respect him. If the plan rape uh, results... And a planned pregnancy. What's the government's take on planned abortion? I don't have a good answer for you, I'm sorry. No, no good answer at all.
New from KTEL Records and BACN, it's Bane Sings the Classics. Uptown Girl. She's been living in it. Right. Can't afford it. Just just moving on. You can't always get what you want. But if you... Oh, no. This will be a reckoning. I want to hold your hand. No, 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 no. Ringo has really good lawyers. The cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue, the man of the moon. Okay, I realize this I... this might have some personal resonance with you, but just 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 no. There's just too many legal just just no. I want to fuck you like an animal. You get me closer to God. That that just makes me uncomfortable and and it's no, so, so oh. much money. So much money. Well, how about this one? You are my sunshine. My only sunshine. Okay, get, you get, make me... Get, get better, uh, uh, but, but uh, still not public domain. Maybe a little turkey in the straw? I don't know about what. Okay, well, well, well let, let's go look it up. New from KTEL, Bainsing is the classics. Look for it soon. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for Omos Bacon and Banjo!